Hi, Tom. Hi, Steve. I feel particularly happy today because I have my brother, Tom, visiting from uh, Toronto, near Toronto. He just came in. I picked him up at the airport. He's uh, at our house now, and uh, it's an opportunity for me to do some podcasts with Tom. And uh, I thought it would, we maybe would begin... I mean, Tom, you and I have been around for more than half a century. Um, you might want to speak for yourself, but <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. Uh, we're in our second half century here. Yes. Uh, in fact, we're old. We are absolutely old. You know when you get uh, um, a little note from CPP? Uh, CPP being the... Uh, uh, the um, pension, pension. Government pension. Canadian pension plan folks in Ottawa, the capital city. Uh, that uh, you are now going to become uh, a senior citizen, uh, you know you're old. <laughs> right. Uh, now, uh, of course, we were, uh, we were born in the same place. We were, to the same parents even. <laughs> the same parents <laughs> yeah. in Sweden back however many years ago. A bunch. <laughs> a bunch. And then uh, we moved to uh, Montreal. Yes, we did. When we were respectively uh, five and six years old. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. And we lived there in a somewhat harsh climate. Yes. Very, very uh, wintry and very, very hot summers. Absolutely. Right. And lots of black flies and mosquitoes oh, in the summer. For sure. And a language we didn't know. <laughs> two languages. <laughs> two, we didn't. Two, two languages we didn't know. Uh, but somehow we survived. Um, mm. Tom, of course, you live uh, in Toronto. Um you're involved, uh, one of your activities, recent activities, and you've been, just by way of background, have been involved largely in sort of engineering and technical type of activities, related sales activities, yes. this kind of thing. But now more recently, you have been involved in teaching at some community colleges. Right. Um, having run my own company for uh, many years um, and uh, having consulted with these companies, um, I have gone from uh, sales consulting to strictly teaching and training consulting. So what I do, uh, just to sum it up quickly, is I teach at several community colleges in sales and in communications, and I teach uh, at a Chinese college, and I also do small business consulting, and I'm on the seminar circuit. Now, one of your uh, areas of interest now, latterly in your career, yes, uh, is this whole issue of... of communications and and how important you know not only what you communications is a two-way street like it's what you say and what how much attention you pay to what other people are saying so what give us a little bit of a, of a sense of the kinds of things you talk <clears throat> about uh, if we're talking about communication skills at the beginning when I first looked into it I didn't think there was much difference between speaking and communicating today I recognize there's a world of difference Many people speak, but few communicate. And if you understand the uh, beauty of communicating, then you, uh, I get people to change the way they think, their mindset. I get them to think about the person that they're talking to and recognizing that uh, you've got that communications is made up of three things, words, um, tone, and body language. And many people are shocked that words only constitute 7%. So we communicate in images, and we do it very poorly mm -hmm. through use of words. Now, it's difficult, obviously, communications. I mean, writing is communication. Here we are, uh, podcasting, which is a communication. There's obviously no body language involved. I mean, there is, but people can't see our That's body right. language. So, I mean, words are nevertheless 
pretty important. They are important, and I will take a little issue with the fact that there are, in strictly audio, there is body language, and uh, I can detect body language on the phone, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is there, the tone, and just the the breathing, the delay, the delivery of conversation is, in fact, in itself, body Mm -hmm. language. And um, it is important. People tend to uh, think of themselves and dump to others without thinking how are they going to receive it and what's the relationship I have. And that is the difference between communicating and not communicating. So when you're communicating, you try to put yourself in the other person's position. Uh, Essentially, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are filters that people have towards you and you in turn have filters towards them depending upon your relationship and how you establish that relationship is important. And all conversation should have some sort of emotion attached to it if it's to be effective. And it is up to you, the speaker, to control that emotion. Well, you when you say that you control, you can only control yourself. I mean, it starts to sound pretty manipulative if you're going to control the other person. Maybe the other person has taken the same communications course and is trying to control you. Well, and again, uh, it is the interrelationship between uh, the speaker and the listener as to uh, what emotions are being elicited because you are, in fact, every time you communicate, you are selling yourself. And selling yourself means uh, they will buy into what you say if the right emotions are raised. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's very interesting because, uh, as people know here, I mean, language learning is one of my passions and interests. And I very much believe that the that success in language learning depends on emotions. And uh, very often people describe, you know, language learning as an activity that's localized in the left part of your brain, which is the rational part of your brain. And and I have always felt that that was not the case, that if I was emotionally, uh, if I connected emotionally with a, the narrator of, a, of an audio book, if I liked the person's voice, if I liked the story, if I had favorable feelings towards the language or towards someone who spoke the language. All of these kinds of emotional attachments are tremendously important Important in my ability to learn the language. And recently I have read that, in fact, language learning and, and a number of tasks in the brain it, it cannot be sort of compartmentalized, that it's done in this part of the brain or that part of the brain, that, in fact, sort of gangs of neurons form uh, across different sections of the brain and that these then help to to develop, you know, the, whatever capability it is that, that that is being developed in the brain. So emotion on many levels, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, most of us, when we either communicate, we, uh, we are in fact, uh, unbeknownst to many of us, we are selling ourselves. And the way people buy into our ideas, our opinions, and the importance and give us, give the topic or the text the content of what we're saying, value is if they buy into it. And the only way they buy into it is if there's a very positive emotional attachment to the information we're imparting. Now, people listening to this so far might get the impression that uh, you're a very serious person, and me too, <laughs> and uh, which I guess we are about certain things. Yes, what we're passionate about. That's right. Now, uh, but it's also very good to introduce a bit of levity, Absolutely. And uh, you told me a joke just earlier at lunch here. I wonder if you would like to share that joke with uh, whoever's listening. I'd love to do that. Uh, this um, gentleman has his wife come to him and say, uh, listen, if, uh, if I die, uh, will you remarry? And he says, uh, yes, sweetie, of course I will. Uh, would uh, would uh, your new wife uh, live in this house? Uh, yeah, I, I would tend to think so. 
And would she uh, perhaps uh, live, uh, sleep in our bed and and my bed and so on? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Would she drive my car? Oh, yeah, for for sure. And uh, would she uh, use my golf clubs as well? Uh, No, 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 no. She's left handed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And it's very useful, actually, isn't it? If you're giving a presentation sometimes to, to relax people by telling a joke. I in my uh, when I uh, uh, teach at college and when I uh, give uh, seminars, I always am very interactive with my audience. And the way I break the ice, both in, as a salesman and as a uh, deliverer of sermons, and when I teach, is I use a lot of humor. It definitely helps people to relax. It it reduces the uh, stress they might have. It also reduces the uh, filters they have when they're wondering who you are, what are, what is your importance to me, and why should I listen to you? And as a result, uh, it, be, it enhances the relationship and whatever information you're imparting. So humor is definitely a way to do it. The other is, of course, the raising of the emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I uh, read some while ago about the old uh, the Greek and Roman traditions of rhetoric, and there, their, their uh, approach, which I think is, is very good, and I try to use it, is that you first have to get people to like you, and second, establish your credibility. Trust. And uh, then you tell a story, and they had a whole series of things, and then you end up with the emotional appeal at the very end. So that was how they structured it. And, and just so that this whole business of... And then it, they sort of recommend that if you're starting to speak... It's not a bad thing to fumble over the microphone or to spill your glass or to do anything like this, which makes you more likable in their eyes and or to recognize someone in in the audience or or anything of this nature. And and then, of course, the second thing, once you've got them to maybe like you, then is to establish your credentials and your credibility. It it makes you very relatable if you are uh, seen as or perceived as not greater than they are, the listener. And uh, interestingly enough, the one thing that I want to uh, also mention is that it is important for people to realize that uh, and take some of the pressure off if they realize that it is up to the um, speaker to ensure that the listener understands. It is a responsibility of the speaker to ensure that the listener understands and not vice versa. And we, we are in the image business. We don't think in words. We think in images. So it is, you know, a word is, a picture is not worth a thousand words. In my mind, it's worth more like five to 10,000 words. How are you painting that picture? And what is the emotion that comes with that picture? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean, we, uh, I take the, take the approach on language learning that the responsibility is with the learner. And yet, I, while I say that, I know that a teacher can have a tremendous impact by the fact that if the teacher is able to stimulate the learner, if the teacher is able to encourage the learner, if the teacher is able to create positive emotions with the learner, then the learner will take off and do it. But uh, And I don't know whether there's a parallel there with, with what you're doing. There absolutely is a parallel. Uh, I often uh, teach that uh, skill is equal to, um, and here's a formula for you, skill is equal to knowledge plus practice. And uh, it is the... Uh, teacher's responsibility to impart the knowledge and it is the uh, student's responsibility to take that knowledge and practice with it. So there I think is the very uh, slight discern between uh, the responsibility of the student listener 
and that of the teacher. Now, of course, my view with, with language learning is that the, the knowledge is in the language itself and that the teacher's role is more one of a guide and stimulator person to provide feedback. But that uh, if the teacher, and this is quite different from where you are teaching a specific skill, where you have some ex specific experience that you can share and that you can impart to your listeners, whereas here we're talking about a language, which if I'm, a teach if I'm teaching English, I didn't create English, I didn't experience English. Uh, English is there. And I can help people figure out how they can better observe it, better imitate it, uh, you know, better internalize it. But that's something they're going to have to do. No question about it. If you're talking language, which is a skill, the knowledge is the language itself. Totally agree with you. Therefore, it takes the, uh, the uh, responsibility totally off the, um, the teacher, the, the language learner, uh, sorry, the, the, the language teacher, and focuses it pretty well, all of it, on the student when it comes to the te technique of practice. The uh, teacher can, in this case, uh, communicate the best ways to learn that uh, skill, the techniques of right. practice, the techniques of practice, the practice is still 100% wholly owned by the le language learner. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I approached the library here locally and I said, uh, you know, could I come by and give a talk on, on how to learn languages? I, I've learned quite a few languages. So I ha that's an experience that I have. I mean, you have an experience with sales, with communication and sales. I have this experience and the experience that I have is how to go about learning languages. And, of course, not surprisingly, the library said, no, we wouldn't be interested in that because our people, they just want to learn languages. They want to learn English. Like, they have a lot of immigrants there. So if you come by here and teach English, they'd be interested. But if you come by and teach how to learn, they're not interested. So I found this... I, I'm used to this. So, 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 in other words, to them, how you learn a language is a given. You have a teacher teaching at people. So if you can come here and teach these people English, that'd be great. But to come here and show them how to learn, how to take advantage of rate. They live in Vancouver. They're surrounded by English, television, radio, newspapers, how an internet to show them how audiobooks, library, all the resources that they have. And most of these immigrants are frustrated. They aren't improving in their English. And, and the librarian or the head of their programs there felt that having me come by Someone who speaks 10 languages, who has learned a lot, of, a lot of languages. And of course, this is even before we get to the point that, oh, you got Link and you're trying to promote something that's for profit and all this other stuff. But well before that, that the idea that I would come and try to explain to them how they can be more effective at learning languages, they were not interested. That shows me that they understand the skill of a language, but they don't understand the difference between knowledge and practice. They were focusing on knowledge that you were to teach them English as opposed to you teaching them the skill of learning how to lang learning the language. And that is where they don't understand. And I, I'm not surprised because someone who's not a linguist doesn't understand the distinct or the succinct difference between a, uh, um, the knowledge of the language and the uh, teaching of the practice of learning the language. Okay, we've ranted a bit here. We're going to do a few more of these. Uh, take advantage of your visit. Good. Thank you very much. And uh, with pleasure. that, uh, we end our first uh, little podcast. Thanks very much, Steve. Okay, bye.